It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. You're listening to Fox News Radio. I'm Ben Dominich. Uh, during the course of the 2024 primary season, I've had the honor of uh, hosting a show along with uh, two friends of mine, John and Dan, uh, who are experts in the field of politics for uh, us at The Spectator. And now I'm going to be sharing just a special episode of this uh, with you all today uh, because we wanted to have a response to the surprise decision by Ron DeSantis, the once vaunted uh, potential nominee of the Republican Party this time around, the one guy who could take on Donald Trump, uh, deciding to suspend his campaign and endorse the former president who he has been needling uh, for the past several months. Uh, John, uh, Dan, I'm surprised by this decision, if only because of the timing. I assumed that Ron DeSantis would drop out I just kind of thought that he would stay in until South Carolina uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, You know, number one being that, like, just having the capability of sort of uh, uh, being on uh, a certain level and uh, and maintaining your argument uh, to a certain degree is important. I think I think it served, for instance, you know, Ted Cruz actually pretty well to stay in as long as he did within the 2016 battle uh, to to effectively establish himself as the person who came in second. And by getting out before Haley and before Haley potentially lost her home state, DeSantis basically has, has said that I'm third, you know, and, and sort of in, in people's minds, he will be remembered as such uh, as the guy who spent hundreds of millions of dollars and came out of Iowa not having won a single county. So, uh, John, first to you, uh, what are your thoughts on the decision by the Florida governor? I, I think it was the right call, but executed the wrong way, which is pretty much the story of this entire campaign. Um, I think dropping out, there, there was no path for him, right? He had, he had pushed all his chips into the table on Iowa um, de- declared as much. There was talk about his ground game there was going to be, uh, you know, as we hear with, with candidates every cycle, was going to be this this amazing difference maker. And it was kind of too close to call for a while for, for most of caucus night between uh, DeSantis, who everyone said was a perfect fit for the Iowa electorate, and Nikki Haley, who was anything but. And here we are now where you look at the calendar coming up for him, New Hampshire. I think he's what he's pulling in single digits at this point up there. Uh, South Carolina, where there was no path for him. You know, the Nevada caucuses are in there somewhere. You know, I, I think that in some ways, right, I mean, this is kind of saving uh, you know, a Rubio situation of potentially losing your home state somewhere down the line. But man, if you, if you'd been able to give me Vegas odds um, this time last year, and said that, that Baker Mayfield would be in the game longer than Ron DeSantis, um, I would have laughed. 
but here, here we are. You know, that the, uh, the, the, the Baker, um, you know, good effort, right? I mean, the Lions. Really good effort. Good. Really, I mean, a solid ga- gamer baller effort right there at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think the thing that strikes me the most, just isn't that Sanders dropped out, is that he immediately endorses Trump. And uh, it, it, just, it, it doesn't feel good, man. I mean, you look at, you look at Cruz, who was, who was still, you know, throwing shade through the convention in 2016. Oh, yeah. I was there, in fact, uh, uh, at a, I was watching the Cruz speech. I had been covering uh, the events at the convention from outside the convention hall, and I was watching the Cruz speech uh, in a certain uh, former, very strongly Trump-boosting uh, uh, news anchor was watching it at the same bar uh, as I was, and he actually uh, stood up and broke his pen. Like he had the pen to sign the the bar bill and broke his pen in his hands when Cruz said, vote your conscience. So he was still getting under people's skin even then. But, you know, and and again, look, I I guess, you know, Trump hasn't said that Ron Santa's dad is like JFK's murderer or that his wife is ugly or any of those kind of things. He did say that she was faking her cancer. Or, or at or, least endorse that proposition. His, his uh, yes, his his uh, supporters. Many, many people are saying. Yes. Many yeah. many people are saying. <laughs> yeah. So I so I, what I what I would say is, you know, what's interesting, uh, the, politics in the era of Trump forces everyone to be a Straussian, whether they like it or not. There's like esoteric meanings behind everything. There's what the guy says. There's what he's positioning by what he says. There's what he really believes. And if ever something fit that description, to me, at least on first read day one, it's this decision because it's compatible both with a kind of doing Trump a favor, obsequiously bowing out, hoping to preserve, I don't know, attorney general whatever um you know you know lick your wounds on the way out protect some of that you know maga friendly uh you know base that that you enjoy in florida um but it's also consistent with really essentially making it a two making doing what haley urged after iowa which is you know she came out saying this is a two-person race that's clear which was kind of ballsy for her to say obviously when she finished in third but you know, the the proposition there was I'm you know, you see where this is going. The trajectory of this is that I am the most credible challenger to Trump. So, John, of course, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you know, for Fox News listeners, not you know, I'm not I'm not a um, I'm not an always Trump conservative, I think, to say the least. But, uh, you know, yeah. OK, he endorses, you know, Trump the, the second he drops out. But in fact, he's going to boost um, in you know, at least at least in terms of raw numbers, um, he's going to boost the number of votes that that Haley gets. I mean, we see yeah, the second that's choices kind of the are, weird thing about this. Yeah, it's like again, again, I kind of feel like you know, if he had if he had even done this, I mean, the timing is just weird because it's it's like it doesn't actually if you if you dropped out, let's say that um, Haley overperforms in New Hampshire, and then and then she performs decently in South Carolina. Um, if you dropped out right after South Carolina going into Michigan, it would potentially hurt Haley because you could say basically, you know, we need to unite around Donald Trump. We're going into Michigan and, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I need to call on you know, the people who are going to vote for me there to, to vote for him instead. Like that would be a very rational decision a month from now. 
but doing it right now, it's just kind of weird. Uh, and uh, it reads as weird, at least to me. And a lot of his uh, second uh, second place votes do go to Trump. We know that from the, the lion's share. But yes. I, to, 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 me, to me, this is a middle finger to Haley. This is a guy, you know, and, 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 and maybe this is sort of criminology and, and reading too much into it. But what was it? It's something like two thirds or 75 percent of his votes go to Trump. Um, yeah, so, yeah, sure. Somewhere Haley, around there. Yeah. Haley on the margin will get more votes than she would have otherwise. But you know what? So will Trump by a factor of two. Um, and New Hampshire, DeSantis in single digits. It, it, it doesn't really matter. Right. Her 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 votes were going to come from, you know, Chris Christie or what have you. But already, you know, Governor Chris Sununu, very popular Republican governor up there was managing expectations, you know, as recently as a few days ago, saying, hey, all we ever hoped for was second place. Right? And I think going to South Carolina, I think it's fool's gold for Nikki Haley. Donald Trump has, I mean, you go back to the 2016 cycle, I think the one guy that basically held serve against Trump, and I can't remember what happened in Texas, but, you know, against the odds was John Kasich in Ohio. You know, Marco yeah. lost in, in Florida, and, you know, Trump just yeah. otherwise ran the table. You know, I, I don't see in a world in which Tim Scott, and again, I, I don't think endorsements are the, the be all and end all. Actually, I don't think they're super important generally. Um, you know, I think governors a little bit more because there's just more organization there at their command to put behind somebody. But, you know, when Tim Scott drops out and immediately endorses Trump, the fact that none of these people hesitated, look, Donald Trump is the king of the Republican Party. And I think what we've seen in the last, you know, week, if if you didn't believe it before, believe it now. There well, is there. Yeah, that's that's the so, difference so, between 2016, just uh, 2016, yeah. and and this, is that the Cruz thing to me was largely a function of the absolute lingering disbelief in the, you know, in the armature of the conservative movement, you know, that had well, reigned for 50 well, and years. and just to give you an example of that. You know, think about who was involved in 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 terms of the final days leading up to that convention showdown. You know, it was it was Mike Lee, it was uh, Ken Cuccinelli who ran, uh, uh, who was the titular head of the Never Back Down Super PAC for DeSantis this time around. But it was also a lot of people associated with the Rand Paul campaign, and people may have banished this from their memory, but the lead. Uh, consultant for the Rand Paul campaign in 2016 was one Chris Lasavita, who is now Trump's campaign manager. Okay, so it like the whole thing completely shifted. It went from being basically a Tea Party constitution pocket constitution resistance to Trump uh, from the right uh, to right. that faction of the Republican Party being completely part of his uh, of his modality. And I think that was the real thing that doomed DeSantis from the start, which is that basically there was no there was no right faction appeal. Um, you instead had to make an appeal, you know, as we've discussed before, based on practical expectations of I will do the things I'm the better version of this guy. Uh, and instead, people came away with, well, you're the Diet Coke version of this guy. Why don't I go, you know, with the Bud Heavy version? Yeah, and, and and the reason I think it happened so quickly this time around, it, it, it's it's what you say, and 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 you know it was it. Well, let me put it this way: it was every bit as inevitable in 2016 
as it as it is now and by similar margins i mean trump didn't win you know 80 or 90 percent of 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 votes in in 2016 um but it was every bit as inevitable then as it is now the difference is is as you say that there was this utter disbelief i mean there was some principle fine we'll throw him a bone i'm sure there was some principle some lingering principle there but it was really just this utter disbelief that it would happen that's why we spent you know umpteen news cycles you know, eight years ago, talking about brokered conventions for the first time in multiple generations. And there's just none of that sense now, which is, you know, funny considering, obviously, Trump's very unique challenges in this race. Um, and the fact that it's not 100% certainty that he'll, uh, you know, avoid a, a prison sentence. It's funny, but nobody's even having that conversation anymore. And the reason why is because he owns completely mm -hmm. the the armature uh and the and the infrastructure of the party and, and, from and top you to see bottom. that and you see that by the way in the initial reactions to this so you mentioned uh john uh tim scott's decision to turn around and endorse uh trump uh you have the reaction right now uh from one matt gates uh a future uh, uh whose future aspirations include replacing uh desantis as governor of florida um he uh said i hate it when mom and dad fight uh, about uh, the, the DeSantis Trump situation, um, calling for unity, saying uh, we already have the big media against us, big tech, big government, a lot of the big donors and big businesses. If we do unite, there's still more of us uh, and uh, calling for basically a, a unity pledge. At the same time, uh, yeah. there is indications that um, the Trump effort is going to be targeting Bob Good. Uh, the Republican member from Virginia, who is currently the uh, head of the House Freedom Caucus, uh, who uh, had endorsed DeSantis, and uh, uh, he turned right around as soon as DeSantis got out and uh, and endorsed Trump. But uh, uh, Mr. Las Vida, again, the Trump campaign manager, uh, has already said that Bob Good won't be electable when we get done with him, and they are backing a primary challenge uh, to him currently uh, in Virginia. Uh, so I think this was a situation, this is a situation that's going to be bloodier than Republicans uh, would like it to be uh, because of the level of animosity between these yeah. factions. I'm not sure how much it matters, uh, but I do think that it's going to linger in a way that is uh, is definitely something that is not just like an online, you know, people getting into Twitter fights kind of a thing right that, that's the yeah, thing and you, I think, but guys... i think the important the important thing i think you said ben though was that it was going to linger in sort of republican circles I, I think the important thing to understand about trump and it was it was true to a large degree with president obama too is they kind of existed outside the the party apparatus i mean Ob obama was more aligned with it but you have guys that, you know, sort of didn't quote unquote pay their dues, right? They sort of jumped ahead in line um, that were not creatures of, in the same way that, you know, George W. Bush or Joe Biden or certainly George H.W. Bush, you know, kind of came up through the ranks, had, you know, these national relationships that they were both, you know, in their own fashion, kind of celebrity campaigns. And, you know, I, I don't have any real brief for, for, for Bob Good, but, um, I, I, I have no seen... brief for him. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah. He, he can fight for, uh, he can fight his own fights. <laughs> sure. And, um, but I, I think if you kind of, uh, I, I think we've seen with sort of Trump world that, 
they that loyalty is more important than victory to them. Look no further than the Georgia Senate seat. Any yep. any of the times that they tanked their you know Republican candidate, um, it, it's basically sort of the mintism of you know I'd rather have thirty you know ultra conservative senators instead of just sixty Republicans. They would rather have thirty just you know Trump diehards instead of working majorities. It, it seems, um, but. Yeah, look, the, the Senate map is set up for Republicans to, at worst, eke it out with 51 seats. But, I, I mean, I, it, it's not going to be fun. I mean, it wasn't fun the second term of Trump with a Democratic House. And I, I think they need to, to take care here, but they won't. But that you know, a bigger tent matters and coalitions matter and having a governed majority matters. Um, but, I mean, you know, it passes prologue, you know, they'll You'll figure that out as they, they go along. More of the Ben Dominish podcast right after this. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch. So you, you compare it to Obama and the Democratic Party. And I think in a, in a way, you're right. That's the closest parallel. But I think it's also worth saying it's not particularly close. I mean, Obama, the things they have in common is that, like you say, they were both celebrity candidates. They both oversaw the decimation of their party at the state level and, and at the national level, right? Even as they had personal success. Um, I think I think Trump, obviously worse than Obama, both because he lost his own reelection bid and because he's lost three elections in a row um in 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 more and more disappointing fashion each successive time but the 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 parallels kind of end there because at least under obama and the democratic party the democratic party still had an agenda it still operated independently of him obama's effect was to suck oxygen out of the room and suck dollars out of the room and suck attention out of the room but trump you know goes many many steps beyond that in the sense that he's turned the entire party into a personal apparatus of him and his family and his close allies. And I just don't think there's any parallel there. And I think it explains what we're talking about, it just how quick the collapse mm -hmm. has been outside of Nikki Haley's, you know, rear guard so, uh, action here. Uh, two, so uh, one more point before we uh, sort of start to wrap things up. To me, part of this that's so interesting, and we've done these kind of counterfactuals where it's like there were different people who, you know, made the decision not to run Cruz among them, by the way, uh, Marco Rubio among them, uh, who uh, had done the 2016 thing before and decided not to have another go round uh, with the former president. Um, and personally, I think that DeSantis uh, and all those other people, with the possible exception of Cruz, because Cruz is a little bit younger and he still has uh, a, a pretty strong national organization and, and name ID and all these other things. I think we're I think this is like a line in the sand where we're moving into a new generation of people. I don't think any of these people are going to be running again. I don't think DeSantis is going to be capable of running again. I don't think that Haley is going to be capable of running again. I think that we're going to enter just like a completely new period where it's, you know, it's Matt Gates and Josh Hawley and J.D. Vance and uh you know, uh, uh, pick your pick your plethora of potential uh, folks. But like, I think that this is kind of a, a, a cutoff point 
And for all the people who are sort of saying, well, DeSantis is deciding to get out before he did any more damage to himself because he wants to be able to run in 28. I think that's fanciful. Yeah, I think he's a loser right. now. He's yeah, a loser. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah you're, the you're... distinction there is that he went up against Trump and nobody who's ever gone up against Trump has ever avoided humiliation. And some people also well, with one key exception, President Joe Biden. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm talking about yeah inside the party, but I mean, I mean, I guess DeSantis is lucky that he's not bankrupt and under criminal indictment. But any any you know like some of I mean, I th- I think this is like Perry running in the, again in 16 or something like that. It's like it's a total afterthought. It's like it's not you went from being this nationwide uh, you know sort of hero to conservatives uh, to flaming out uh, to being a you know someone who people dismiss as a loser. And I just I I don't see any path. Like uh, I mean, you can you can maybe end up you know in a Senate seat if Rick Scott decides to like retire or something. I don't think that's going to happen. But I mean, that's it. It just I don't see any future for him. Yeah, I think that's right. And and you know the the to me the interesting thing to go back to what you said is like what what is the next three years of his administration look like? I mean, I had a thought of a sort of Sarah Palin situation where maybe it's just such a psychic you know it's just such a psychic break and and there's so much outside noise now and there's so many people coming sideshow bob stepping on all the rakes kind of thing yeah it's like <laughs> I, I mean i almost had a thought that this could get so much worse for him as governor of florida but you know to your point okay matt gates says i hate it when mommy and daddy fight he also called today desantis dropout day right on twitter and he talked about it like like cinco de mayo like you're you're celebrating if i'm desantis and i you know and he can salvage any shred of self-respect you delete Matt Gates's number from your your phone and you don't pick up the phone, you know, uh, if, mm-hmm. if he if, if he asks you for anything over the next three years at a, at, a, at a bare minimum. But I don't know what kind of juice he's even going to well, have. The funny, thing, the funny thing about that, of course, is that Matt Gates's uh, 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 dad is going to be trying to become Florida House Speaker again. So that's. Uh, yeah. that's... Oh, I mean, I would I would I would be plotting if, I, if I'm. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the salvage here is that you just spend the next three years plotting against your enemies. Uh, so Tallahassee. But... So one other. I'm sorry. Are you talking about uh, Jeb Bush, wingman Don Gates? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, oh, I mean, that, you, have that, remember, that you have to remember you have to remember Matt Gates introduced Jeb Bush at his first rally in 2016 or 2015, I should say, uh, uh, which uh, people have. Uh, uh, conveniently forgotten. So anyway, um, he was a surrogate for Jeb throughout his campaign uh, during that. Uh, like that a rock. Yeah, like, it just reminds me of that of that song. It's just like a rock. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so I, I have to go out on this. Ron DeSantis uh, announcing the end of his campaign. He did that thing that I hate, which is is a thing that I'm very attuned to because I have. Uh, uh, a, I do, I do not frequently uh, flex like this, but I have an absurd amount of uh, tr- uh, books by Winston Churchill, uh, which I have actually read, uh, including his entire collected speeches um, uh, in multi-volume form. And so when you get one of these fake Churchill quotes, it's just like it just sends up like a siren for me. I'm sure there are people who are like that with Lincoln and with other, you know, various historical figures who always get, you know, ascribe this, but he used a fake Churchill quote. Uh, one which is uh, uh, rather, rather famous just in terms of it's, uh, uh, it's, it's one of those um, 
I think I think it's the uh, uh, failure is uh, yeah it's the success is not final failure is not fatal it's the courage to continue that counts. Uh, Churchill never said anything like that. It's not. Uh, it's like it's actually. I think uh, the quote investigator looked into it, and um, its actual uh, original source material is uh, is from a beer ad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think again, so... it's another it's another Straussian little clue from DeSantis here. He's saying that Trump is a fake Churchill. I think. <laughs> well, I just uh, I wanted to just say I, I don't know if you have something in mind. Um, but if you're if you're going to exit a campaign, do you do either of you gentlemen uh, it, putting yourself in that position have a quote that you would actually use or that would come readily to mind uh, as the one that you would use on the way out the door? Uh, so many. I think I think you have to think of Montgomery Burns, uh, uh, you know, saying that this 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 band of anonymous troglodytes cost me the election. And yet were I to have them killed, I would be the one who goes to prison. That's, dem that's democracy for you. Right. So so either that one, if it's going to be Churchill, have the Rolling Stones killed. Yeah. If it's going to be Churchill, I would probably go with the American people can always be counted on to do the right thing after all the other possibilities. After exhausting all other possibilities possibilities yeah. yes no that's a that's a that's a very good one john do you have one that comes to mind uh two days from now i'll probably have a great one uh not off the top of my head but let me go in a slightly different direction that you alluded to is you know you look back at this cycle and out of all the people whose names were were mentioned as possibilities and again i'm gonna probably sound a little bit like a broken record glenn youngkin looks like he kind of made the right call I don't. I, yeah. I, look, I think. I think the Republican Party has irrevocably gone in a Trumpist or populist direction, whatever you call it, want to call it. But if Donald Trump loses to Joe Biden again, I, I am not hopeful. But maybe, just maybe, uh, Republican voters or Trump voters, which are not completely overlapping, will will realize that winning is better than losing. And again, I, I think that you know Nate Silver said this on his Substack this week. It's a coin flip race right now, right? I mean, if, if if we have this conversation next year at this time and Donald Trump has just been or is about to be sworn in again, I, I don't think any of us will be surprised. Mm -hmm. But if, if he were to lose, and if he were to lose in a way that was somewhat decisive, I think that Glenn Youngkin, who I, I think the big difference between him and DeSantis is that, and I, lo I love Ron DeSantis, but Glenn Youngkin is a guy that I think can go have a beer, even as a rich guy, can go have a beer and look most of America and people would be like, yeah, this seems like kind of a good guy. Um, I, I think that DeSantis, and this has been, you know, my problem for the last number of cycles, the successful, boring governor, people want to have somebody that they can relate to. And, and again, in Trump's way, it's like kind of weird, but like, he's just been so omnipresent in American life for the better part of what, 30, 35 years. Um, and it has at a native level, some really, at his peak, some amazing political skills that you can't teach. Um, I, I don't think Youngkin has that, but I think Youngkin is good enough on that. And I think can put the rest of it together. So I, I think if you look at the winner of this cycle, aside from obviously Trump for just crushing everything in his path, it, it's, you know, Glenn Youngkin for sticking to his knitting and letting everybody else take the L and, you know, he can come back in a few years and, you know, see where the party's going. Well, I will. Uh, I, I I agree with what you're saying. I think you're completely right about 
uh, Glenn Youngkin. But I think that there is a very obvious choice uh, about uh, which uh, quote to to reference whenever you are exiting a campaign, and it is the notorious Democratic Party trickster, RFK advisor, uh, the original um, uh, and uh, failed California State Senate candidate, uh, Dick Tuck. Uh, who's uh, who's famous for so to speak for for the phrase uh, the people have spoken the bastards, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is I think the way that every politician should should exit uh, the fray. So for uh, Dan, for John, uh, I'm Ben Dominic. You've been listening to this special episode uh, weighing in on the departure of Ron DeSantis uh, from the political fray of the 2024 primary effectively ending, I think, uh, any possibility of having a competitive or brokered convention or any of those fanciful things that uh, fascinate any political nerds. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, We'll be back soon with more. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.